the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Because <laughs> they raping everybody out here. Should, now, a, should a Jewish I baker think, be required to bake a I Nazi think wedding Muslim cake? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, how about that? It feels kind of like we're up the creek. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry. I'm the boss. That's how about right. that? And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Well, I'm not a crook. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Had your kids, had your wife. Whole binders full of, uh, of women. You just got to keep on paddling. You know, I got talking blood, man. Streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. <laughs> Welcome to Up the Creek. I just think if I build a studio, because I'm going to do it right, and then uh, I might as well try to pay for it. And then yeah, I'll buckle down and pr- I'll start doing more podcast stuff. Uh, right now, it's just like, right now it sucks. Because and I've been like really wanting to do like more stuff, solo mm-hmm. stuff. I have nowhere to do it. Like... Yeah. It's so annoying because at least the old place, even if I did it in the house, I'd go downstairs. Right. And I could, you know, get away. Cause that, I feel so weird. Like when we've done them and I'm out there in like the main room in the, in the basement, like her mom even t- like texts Nicole and she's like, what's Jeremy, t- who's Jeremy talking to? <laughs> talking to my buddy, like on the yeah. phone. It's like, it's just, uh, it's so <clears throat> frustrating. It's like, I just want to, I want to move out. I want to get my own place so bad. <laughs> I used to do it out in the camper every now and then. Yeah. Um, I might start. Might try doing that again here in a minute, just because it gets me out of the closet. But, but that being said, my closet pretty good sound because it's like so muted. Oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah. very little echo, very little background, mm-hmm. and I can shut you know two doors and all the walls around it are insulated. So, but the only problem is because of where it's at in our house. That part of the house is kind of hotter in the summer. So a lot of times, like the last audio book I was doing was over the summer and. It gets, it gets kind of hot with, like, the fan <laughs> off and stuff. Right. So I'd be in there, like, in my underwear, like, still sweating. <laughs> and I can only go for about, like, 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> I got to get out of here. It's starting to stink. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's, that's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to. That's a plan. You know, and is is honestly as cheap as recording stuff is anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool just to have around. Because, I mean, I haven't done anything, like, recently, but <clears throat> I made a little song about our cat mm-hmm. once upon a time and recorded it, and that was kind of fun. I thought and, about uh, that. I thought about doing the uh, the closet to this room. Yeah. And to, like, really, like, it'll have doors and stuff because it'll be, like, a closet, but, like, actually, like, soundproofing it, and, like, having a mic in there to where you could, like, go in there and, yeah. like, sing, you know? Right. But it was, sounded really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and then, you know, nothing else having kids, it's it's cool stuff for them to be exposed to, right? Yeah. Like how it all works and what goes into it and screwing oh. with the tech and things like that, you know? Yeah. My, my, and my son watches enough like YouTube stuff. He gets it. And he <laughs> really, I, 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 I assume in the next year, me and him will start our own YouTube channel. There you go. I, my wife told me yesterday, she was like, Hey, she's like, you really need to record a podcast with JJ. I'm like, huh? She's like, just talk. He just really wants to do it. Like, I guess he keeps asking, like, when's daddy going to record a podcast with me? <laughs> so I think it's hilarious. Like, he, yeah. he knows what they are. And so I was like, all right, we'll, we'll do it. I mean, I'll just get down and interview my son. But, you know, it'll be cool. And like, he, he he sees that stuff. And I don't know. And a lot of his stuff is, like, people just playing games. 
Right. But he, he I'm like, all right, well, I guess we can get, we can get Twitch going. And <laughs> that's so, that's still so weird to me. Like, yeah, part is. of me gets it because you know what else? You're just killing time. It's the equivalent of watching a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, wouldn't you rather just play the video game yourself? Yeah, <laughs> you would think, but it's like so big. Yeah, I he, guess it's no different than like I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm fixing to go watch a football game. It's like, wouldn't you rather go outside and throw the football yourself? Well, no, because I just want to sit here and drink beer and watch somebody else do it. Yeah, but like you, you, when you can play video games, you can sit there. You know, you, it's not like physical, right? Yeah, I mean, moving yeah. your thumbs, maybe your fingers. Yeah. But, no, he, like, watches uh, Roblox, Among Us, Minecraft. Yeah. I think that's really it, but, like, those three games. And there's these, I don't know, these people he follows. Yeah. He's, like, almost five. I'm like, what in the hell? Like, he knows, like, yeah, this person, like, talks about their YouTube channel. I'm like, how do you even know what that is, you know? Dude, the metaverse is coming. It's a matter of time. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I don't, when I had a PlayStation 3, they had, like, a, I think it was called PlayStation at Home. Hold and on. it was kind of like a, I couldn't see you. There we go. It wasn't a VR thing, but it was, you know, you had like your little avatar and you ran around the little town and there was yeah. mini games and, you know, people that you could talk to and, you know, whatever. And so the VR thing taking over, I could totally see something like Twitch where it's, you're like virtually in the room with that person mm-hmm. watching them or something. Yeah. Right. And, and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, as, as much as I think it could be kind of terrifying that everybody starts getting lost in like this virtual world mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways i'm gonna get this beer open eventually i've never seen anybody open up here like that before with a ring yeah well i wouldn't do it like so this the ring's titanium if it was like silver or something i wouldn't do it because it just you know steel, yeah, steel this is tungsten so that would work sure, like tungsten's brittle as hell though you ever like i dropped this yeah, one time could could yeah so I, I don't know if i'd try it. like i saw this is my second one i had one i had it for like a week yeah Maybe two weeks. And, like, it was actually a little bit too big. So we were... I was washing my hands or something. Like, it, like, slipped off and goes, like, land around in the tile. It goes, keep. Yeah. Anyway, metaverse. Uh, yeah. So, like, you know, the generation that's growing up with that, you know, kind of like how phones allowed you to communicate with people who weren't there. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, the internet allows you to communicate with people that are hundreds or thousands of miles away. And then now it's, you know, the internet... On steroids with like, you know, Facebook and message boards and Twitter, you know, it's all around the world, any time of day, lightning quick information. And then, you know, now there's, you know, FaceTime and Zoom and whatever else. So really the next one is the metaverse, which even though it's not a physical interaction per se, it could, you could look at it as kind of an improvement over something like FaceTime because now you're not necessarily just... I mean, you're still looking at a screen, but for all intents and purposes, you're having some, you're having, there's another layer to the interaction. Sure. Right? Yeah. You could almost be like, well, if you you're, both have you're on, doing you can almost something, see each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, actually. somebody did this thing or whatever. And so, yeah, I could totally see people spending, you know, 50 bucks on a pair of digital Nikes and things oh, like yeah. that. Absolutely. You reminded me. So I have to show you this video. Hold on. Like on the HBO, there's that movie Ready Player One. Yes. It's actually, a, I think, a really kind of fantastic kind of throwback Steven Spielberg family movie, right? Because uh-huh, yeah. it's, it's, you know, entertaining, got a good plot. Um, yeah. I could I could definitely see people spending their free time in a VR world. Because, you know, even, even if you didn't like it and you're sketchy of it, which I am, it is kind of an improvement of just melting your mind watching 
some rando cop drama TV show, you know? At least it's other it really people. It really is. Right, you can actually... Speaking yeah. their mind as sure. opposed to just scripts and flashy lights. My, my fear is, though, then... I mean... Well, it, it replaces... So the thing that I would compare it to there is... So, like, when we were growing up, one of the big things was, like, the, you know, the Halo party or whatever. When you played video games, you played with four other people in a room. Mm -hmm. And then once you got kind of to the, you know, PlayStation 3 and up, multiplayer games now are really still just one-player games. You know, you sit yourself in a room and you're by yourself playing Call of Duty, and it's multiplayer, but everybody else is online. And you don't know them, and it's just, you know, random shit talking. Yeah. It's probably bad for a... I don't know, like social, just like actual social, physical. There's probably some, I know there has to be something behind like, you know, us going out and like actually communicating with people. Yes. And, and I, like it's the physical, like yeah, it's, being it's, present. It's a different form of pornography, really. It's, it's a warped view of reality, right? It's a skewed thing. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Damn, I'm trying to find this. Did I send it to you guys last night? I don't remember. What was it? It was a, it was a. A video of this lady, like, with VR goggles on, and uh, she got caught. (laughs) Ah, damn it. I don't know where it is. So, uh, she has, like, VR goggles on, and she's at the bed. Like, and she's an old woman. (laughs) It's so fucked up. She's like, I mean... <laughs> so for those of you who can't see, I'm like jacking like and I'm grabbing balls. And this woman's probably like sixty or fifty-five. Like she's late fifties, early sixties. And she's in the sun like she's like, Mom, what are you doing? Like and walks in there and it's like, Mom? And then like she like he says her name a couple times and then like she pops the goggles up on top of her head. She's and you get the look on her face, you could tell she was like, oh, you know, she got caught. <laughs> I was like, What the <laughs> Yeah. She porn, I mean <laughs> I mean, I was like, what the fuck? What would be more embarrassing to get caught, like, virtual? Because you're not actually <laughs> no, doing anything. Not really or, or to get caught in real life. Like, your yeah. son walks in and there's, like, actually a dude in there. Yeah. Like, your son walks in and she's on the computer. Right. And it's not even, like, on the computer to the point where, like, her son saw something on the screen. Nah, yeah. It's just the hand gesture. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I wouldn't have said anything. I mean, the kid probably didn't know, but I'd almost be like, just walk in there and just watch. <laughs> just uh, waiting for her to finish <laughs> and then, then open up the then the door <laughs> oh <Uh-oh. laughs> yeah it i don't know the the dystopian like ready player one we talked about that like and i've never read the book i just saw, saw the movie or whatever same but like the life is like terrible yeah everything sucks it, yeah it, and, and they do that to get away to escape so, you know, this kind of goes into, like, the World Economic Forum and their Great Reset and then their... The Matrix. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's these... We live in this hellhole where, car, you know, gas vehicles are legal and, we, you know, no one can afford electric vehicles because the prices are astronomical. Sure. And, and the, the system, you know, the grid sucks anyways because we don't have, you know, like, any nuclear power plants or yep. coal or anything. And it's all, like, wind and solar, which are work, you know, about 50% of the time at best. So, like... We live in this dystopian nightmare, and everyone's stacked on top of each other, and it's illegal to live in the country anymore, because that's really what these people want, for anybody that lives outside of the city, you know? And well, and all the entry-level jobs are automated. Yeah, absolutely. kids can't afford to do shit anyway. Yeah. And right? you just, everybody lives off government assistance, because that is the only way. So they push you into the fake universe. Yeah, and that's your way of escaping. But don't worry, you're going to get your, like, you know, soy powder. Soy or, or your Or your... Uh, 
c- celebrity meet. Who sent that to us? That was me. I saw that. What? And I saw somebody posted it. Um, and I thought it was like just some kind of weird meme at first, but no, it's a thing, dude. Yeah, I went to their I, website and read all of it. It was like fucked up. Yeah, there's a. So there's a. Like, how is that? You know, so like the, the traditional definition of cannibalism would be like, I fucking murder you right now. Mm-hmm. My barbecue, your hamstring, right? But this was more like they take a little biopsy sample, no big deal, and then they culture meat into basically summer sausage mm-hmm. and then sell it to people. So you could be eating Tom Cruise, right? Like, yeah. How, how is that like? Yeah. It's, that is, I mean, that has uh, to be a form of cannibalism. Yes. So it's, what we're talking about is there's a company um, that they basically take celebrity you know, just like a little sample of your tissue or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're growing meat, uh, celebrity meat. And like you said, there was like different kinds of summer sausage. And like, it goes into... Ew, you know those Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candles? Yeah, it's like that. Oh, part. dude. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow vagina sausage. <laughs> I'm going to go to it. Find out where you, you sent that at. Because uh, even like reading about what they said, you're just like, what the fuck here it is Bite yeah labs. how is that or not like a law or something yeah you know so here's what their website says i'm gonna read like a couple of them there's they got one so they have james franco and jennifer lawrence they're not like actually they don't have their samples yet but i th- you could like right. on their website, like you could tweet out to, to get these people yeah, yeah. yeah so james franco says well, this of their website says about james franco james franco he's sexy he's artsy let's make him salami uh, the Franco salami must be smoky, sexy, and smooth. Franco's meat will pair with lean, strong venison, sharp telecherry peppercorns, and caramelized onions, provided Franco's underlying flavors, complemented by a charming hint of lavender. Franco's salami taste will be <laughs> damn it. Franco's salami taste will be uh, arrogant, uh, distinctive, and completely undeniable. I got stank dick. <laughs> and then for Jennifer Lawrence, it says a different type of Hunger Game. Oh my. God, is this like a dirty <laughs> fucking movie? <laughs> uh, the J Law salami will be complemented by a mixture of rabbit and pork, a charming and confident flavor profile. The J Law salami is coarse ground in a rustic style, smooth with notes of honey and spiced with orange zest and ginger. Always surprising, this salami will never fail to entertain. It's just really weird. They got one for Kanye. Have, have, so, have you Ellen. ever like described, like, so the way they're describing the meat is the way that, like, Wine snobs and cigar snobs would describe yeah. fancy wine and fancy cigars. Well, these, like, are, these when, are fancy when's, people. When's the last time that you, you know, described meat as like uh, that confident? Yeah, right. This this is a very curious and confident steak with <laughs> notes of peppercorns. <laughs> right. and, you know what I mean? It's like, you pick up some damn summer sausage from Walmart and with yeah. some Ritz crackers and call it good during Christmas time. It's it's strange. I don't know how like you said. I don't know how that's that's legal. That's really really weird. Like there has to be some moral ethical violations there i mean you know what it makes me wonder about now is the whole push for like fake meat grown in a lab like yeah what thing is the sample that spawns it all coming from right like you you know so you've seen like the you know hidden caught on camera where like you know there's some fancy restaurant and you know some dude pees in the giant industrial dough mixer Mm -hmm. right and he gets fired but, but, like, everybody who ate in the last three hours has a biscuit that had piss in it when they made it, right? Yeah. He's a disgruntled employee. So, are you going to get, like, Bill Gates jacking it into a vat of fake meat? Yeah. Just that in his twisted, sick fuck mind, it's... And thousands <laughs> and thousands <laughs> of people. The culture of all the meat that these millions <laughs> of people... Take my babies. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Well, 
it'll be you know like real real meat will be illegal um and this will be it'll be like either soy or i think your upper middle class people if that still exists will Mm -hmm. eat this kind of stuff yeah and uh then your rich rich people they'll eat like real meat yeah absolutely they'll still be sitting down having ribeyes and we were uh watching tv uh, earlier today and um uh, Chipotle has a new plant-based chorizo, like burrito, and it was on TV. And my son, he goes, "Mmm, you know, like, is it look good?" And I was like, "No, buddy." I was like, "That's not good." He looked at me kind of funny. I was like, "That's not real meat." And he's like, "Huh?" Like, you know, he was like, "What?" So like, I had no idea what real meat was. <laughs> have you have you tried any of any of any of that stuff yet? Have not. So I had an Impossible Whopper. Was it from good? Burger King? <sighs> It so was, it was good. <laughs> no. Oh no. Now, when I eat a burger, mm-hmm. my mind is thinking burger, right? Yeah. Now it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it definitely has a very it had a very like nutty, like the texture is definitely meat, like all day long. They nailed texture-wise, it was burger. They had that down. Really? But the flavor, even though it, you know it was seasoned or whatever, it just it it tasted like nutty like soy. Right, like a soy nut, right, which mm-hmm. is like a peanut. For everybody who hasn't like actually seen what a soybean is, they dry them out. You can buy them just like you can buy peanuts if you yeah. want. Um, that's the flavor that it had. Huh. And if you look at, like, if you were to take the burger apart and look at like the patty itself, it's obvious that it's not beef. And then, like, if you look at like a cross section of it, it's obvious that it's like cardboard. And then when you think about, you know, everybody loves to bitch about like <clears throat> processed foods and things like that. Like, fake meat made out of, like, vegetable stuff is, like, the most heavily processed oh, thing you can buy. So much. It's not as if they just take soybeans and, oh, voila, I mashed them and made meat. Right. No. No, yeah. No. And so, yeah, I mean, it wasn't... Maybe in its own way, like, if it was its own thing, but but it was, like, definitely imitation mm-hmm. meat. You know, like, you could tell you're not really eating a real burger. Right. Though there's a company... So, I guess I forgot about this, but... Years and years and years ago, when I used to eat real healthy and, you know, really, like, worry about my weight. And Anyway, I accidentally bought some Morning Star sausage uh, at the store, and it is the same kind of stuff. So that this whole, like, impossible style of meat mm-hmm. has actually been around for a long time because it yeah. was yeah, – I had no I idea. I used uh, Kiwa a lot. Yeah. I just bought it and was like – because I just thought it was good sausage. And then I get home, and I was like, you know, getting ready to put it in the freezer or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was just – I was like, oh, I'll try it. So I ate it. Ate a couple of them. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. It wasn't really good, but yeah, I guess probably kind of how you felt. Like it definitely was like kind of felt like meat, but definitely didn't look like meat or taste one hundred percent like meat. Right. Well, that's the. I mean, the technology will get better and better. So eventually, it'll probably be indistinguishable. Indistinguishable. You know. <clears throat> but I, I always wonder how they square the. Uh, you know, cows are bad which is you know, a myth. Yeah, they're farts. The, but it is acceptable to destroy thousands and thousands of acres of natural grass and forest to plant, you know, a non-native soybean and soak it in pesticide because I want to make fake meat. Well, that's because cows fart and plants don't. That's why, man. Come on. I know you know this. Mm. You're better than this. You'll... You know, I. You know that, that, that being said, I wonder, like, there are things in, in the way that we've done our society that I think could absolutely be changed. Like, so when a buddy of ours talks about 
you know, company he works with discussing, you know, beef shortages looming on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way that we've, the government and stuff over time has kind of made the beef market a certain way. I think you could say that that's problematic because there's really no reason. And some of it's just kind of a, maybe a flaw with, with kind of long-term corporatism, right? Like a lot of people around here have cows and they might just have anywhere from, you know, my neighbor's got one, I've got two over at my in-laws. And then, you know, you go down the road, there might be a guy that's got five, but you know, obviously they can sell that to other people, but that meat could never really make it to like Walmart or Dylan's or whatever the grocery store is that's that's around here. Yeah. And I wonder if if there was a better way to structure that where you know, let's say like you know, the the local butcher that's in town here, I just sell whatever beef I'm not going to eat or keep to him, and then he has a mechanism where he can go sell it directly to the grocery store without having to you know, jump through a bunch of hoops. Yeah. Right. He can just say, Hey, I packaged up a bunch of burger. You guys give me this for it. You can go throw it on your shelf or or whatever. And there's not really a, a way to do that. But my point there is I wonder if the thing that everybody shits on when they think about meat is like the, the mega factory farm, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of land out there and a lot of people who do make a lot more food than they can eat that are a long ways away from being a factory mega farm, right? And, and the animals are actually raised ethically and sure, the well, free range you know, or and, whatever and the and fuck. For the last, the last three or four years, probably, I mean, we've made a, other than like chicken, because chickens are pain in the ass to butcher, uh, our pork and beef has pretty much all come from somebody here locally mm-hmm. within 50 miles. Yeah. And I just, it's not, it's not necessarily a lot cheaper than buying it from the store, but you're getting it from here and you're getting it from like, if your enemy is Tyson because they run this giant slaughterhouse and they have all this land and it's unethical for the animals or whatever the thing is, well, these guys aren't doing that. And it's money in a local guy's pocket. Right. And like in theory, I could go up to this guy's thing and see, oh yeah, that's the one I'm going to buy next year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. It seems like I think we should definitely drift more towards that, and that doesn't really have yeah. have anything to do with the climate thing. I just think, well, it has. I mean, these big giant factory farms. You know how much money they give these politicians. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so irritating because, like, the the local you know rancher, he should be able to just sell to the he should be able to sell directly to the damn grocery store, but they can't. <clears throat> I mean, it's really ridiculous because like, a bit of laws been put in place because these giant factory farmers. You know, they pay off politicians to right. pass these. And it's, you know how this shit goes. That's what I hate about, like, well, anything. Like, giant things on a giant scale. Corporations, politicians, or government. You know, you know and if you, if you wanted to go full libertarian here, it would even be, what the hell's the FDA got to do with yeah. the cow that I want to buy out of my neighbor's yard? Right. right? If I'm going to eat it and cook it, that's on me. But she hasn't been government inspected, sure. man. Now, you know, now, now on some level, the FDA thing makes sense. If we are going to have this, you know, massive, you know, the jungle mystery meat farm where there's just thousands and thousands of cattle coming in on this mm-hmm. conveyor belt, I could maybe get it a little bit, right? Because it's just such a big operation that it's going to be very difficult for somebody to wrap their arms around. But if it's just like... Local? Joe Blow's got a cow... Yeah. And then a mile down the road is, you know, a butcher with big freezers and he knows what he's doing. He's going to go chop my meat up yeah. and I'm going to go pick it up, you know, a week later. Well, the thing is, like, if Joe Blow, the guy down the road, 
does fuck up, he's going to find out very quickly. And if he doesn't correct his behavior, he's out. He's going to go out of business. Yep. People aren't going to trust him anymore. Right. There's no incentive for him to yeah. be shady. Right? right. Whereas, like, the big factory farm, you know, is, uh, <clears throat> it's all about trade offs and risks. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, the risk of me getting caught or the risk of this actually being a problem is not greater than this product going out and me making a bunch of money off of it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to roll the dice and go with it. Yeah, well, let's just say the the giant back factory farmer, his freezers go down for 24 hours, whatever, whatever happens. And he makes that risk. Okay, I, I can be honest and I can lose potentially X amount of, I mean, probably the point, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Or I can just try to push that shit through. Yep. And we'll just see what happens. By the time it spreads out to so many people, in the end, you're just going to get a slap on the wrist anyway. And they're going to do a recall if, you know, enough people get sick. Meanwhile, Joe Blow, your, you know, guy down the road... His freezer got for 24 hours. He can't just go do that because the whole small town's going to know that he fucked up. Right. So he has to, you know, I mean, we should do away with everything major. I get these, uh, we were talking about it the other day. I get. Well, and it's not necessarily do away with something that's major. It's quit stacking the deck via regulation to favor the big guy in such a way that a little guy can never even happen. Right? That's very true. So, like, local butcher dude should be able to sell directly to Wally World or whatever, and they should be able to buy directly from that guy. Or if I have a cow in my backyard, I ought to be able to go, you know, sell it to whoever and however I want, mm-hmm. right, without having to worry about, you know, this process law, that process law, whatever. <clears throat> I don't think you could even... Yeah, because you, you can't. You you can't go sell it. Can you sell a cow to, like, a local butcher? I don't think it's legal. I think it's... So, you know, again, this is I think my, you can get it butchered for yourself, but... Yeah, so I, I can... Usually what happens is... So, like, if I buy half a cow or mm-hmm. whatever, I'll give so much money to the farmer for the cow. Right. And then he just delivers the cow to the butcher... Yeah. And then I buy whatever the pounds or amount of meat from the butcher butcher sure. at that point basically paying for, you know, processing right. or or whatever. But you have to go about it that way instead of him being able just to sell it to the butcher then I could go in cuz I don't know this farmer and I could be like, "Hey, I want to buy half a beef." And a lot of times, yeah, we know that like farmers will talk to those butchers and those butchers will keep, you know, feelers out when someone comes in and says, "Want to buy a half beef?" like, "I know a guy." Yeah. And they'll they'll do they'll be a middleman, but it should be like a storefront where I can just walk in and be like, "I want to buy half a beef." And they'll be like, Okay, I'll get one loaded up for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because three other farmers already sold him beef today. I mean, but you can't do that. There has to be this game thing back and forth, then you're paying this guy on the side while you're paying this guy. And I mean, the market always finds a way, but it's just like, that's ridiculous we even had to go about doing that. But what I was going to say, too, is I get the point, like some of these like uh, young people and their hate of capitalism capitalism now, is because of like the stuff we just talked about. Right. I mean, I, it's lazy, and you should think more into it like we're talking, but like I get why they're like, screw corporations, because like, think about WeWork, you know, and we're, I was just talking about this the other day. So we get a cost of living adjustment raise as a place of business. They got a one and a half percent. Dude, inflation last year was 7% year over year. 7%. Like, that's like, what? And these corp- and corporations are greedy. So I get these people that are like, Fuck corporations, communism, you know, because right. like <laughs> they're not taking care of their workers. Well, in the the, <laughs> the, the the where they trip up is because they don't think it all the way through is the thing that is making them think that capitalism is awful is the same thing that makes communism awful. Right. Yeah. And it's when government gets in bed with something. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 
you know, laws passed to favor a corporation where Joe Blow Small Shop isn't capable of doing something. And a lot of times it's not necessarily laws about, like, product. It might even be something like OSHA, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I could go roof a house, right? It's not hard. I think a lot of people would be surprised at how easily you could probably figure out how to go do that and make decent money doing it. Yeah. But if you're going to hire these guys and have them on ladders and use nail guns, then you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do that. And then OSHA, you know, knocks down the door. Oh, what? You're that that kid you got up there is only 15 and he's on a ladder? Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and so it it's it's prohibitive and so it only favors the the big guy. And then you run into you know different, you know, certification licensing type things which are all basically engineered to favor a certain class of, of person over yeah. somebody who might just be starting out. And then like we're talking about meat, you know, the way it's rigged is it favors the the mass person that can, you know, ship out thousands and thousands and thousands as mm-hmm. opposed to just, you know, the guy down the road that might have a couple. Right. Um, James Madison actually wrote about stuff like this, and he referred to it as factions in, you know, the language at his time. And his view is that, this is the thing government should avoid is in courts and stuff is picking the side of one group over another when their dispute is between themselves, right? Yeah. As long as somebody's not, you know, this kind of gets in the whole libertarian thing, you know, as long as there's not like physical harm coming from somebody, the government shouldn't have an opinion on, well, I'm going to sue Joe Blow because he's growing cabbages this way and it's not fair because I'm growing cabbages this way. Right. Well, that's for you guys in the market to figure out. That's not for government to come in and say, well... Yeah, we agree. You should grow cabbages with the sprinkler system that's set up like this. Because if you don't have a sprinkler system set up like this, then by golly, we don't want those cabbages on the market. So you can't sell those cabbages. And if we get you doing it, then there's going to be a big old fine, buddy. So you got to do your cabbages the way Joe Schmo is because, you know, he's rich and powerful and grows the best cabbages in town, (laughs) goddammit. And that's exactly kind of the world that we've found ourselves in. And uh, so, yeah, the corporations, they get in bed with government. And I think everybody's seeing that play out now. And I think the wokeism has put that on display that these corporations and, you know, the big tech thing, they're all kind of one and the same. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure. Technically, if you're just looking at the paper, it's a private company, but it's all part of the same culture that is the big state. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pushing it in such a way that the little guy never has a chance to break out and escape that. And so... For somebody to cling to something like, you know, socialism or communism because they think they're going to make these corporations pay, right? And they're going to get the revenge or whatever. It's like you realize you're doubling down on the very behavior that has caused the problem now. Like mm-hmm. like right now, it's the corporations getting in bed with government. Communism, socialism, whatever is mandating that the corporations and the government get in bed with each other. Right. And then so it's no better yeah. at all because the, the you're, it, it's still the same ruling class. It's just now you have even less say in what they do. Right. And when you look at like the woke messaging, it's always going to be, man, we're so good and we care so much. And I mean, think about even where we work and the idea that they have a, you know, social credit score when it comes to, you know, the company that gets rated against like their credit and shit for, you know, diversity and whatever. And it's like, you guys build fucking airplanes. What the (laughs) hell does this have to do with any of this (laughs) other shit? Right. Right. And, and, you know, People that don't have regular jobs like that they might hear stuff like that and be like, well, what's the problem, man? And it's like, the problem is this company is full of people that are diverse. And you know what? They get along and they do their fucking job because the thing they care about is getting paid and going the fuck home. 
not getting preached to and having to take a bunch of stupid training courses and, you know, whatever the hell else it is, just so that some guy in an ivory tower that's disconnected from reality can be like, oh, look, I did a good deed because I made everybody learn about trans stuff or something, you know? I think I think uh, all I'm hearing is your white fragility. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, man. I mean, he racist. He's white supremacist. No, you're right. In the end, the uh, I guess whether you start like corp- uh, socialism, communism, corporatism, you get the same thing in the end. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just so many people, like we've talked about it before, but they just you know. Well, we can tell me we, what to do. We conflate economic structures with morality. There is nothing inherently moral about anything in capitalism. And there's nothing inherently moral or immoral about anything that communism necessarily does. But we can look at like the outcomes of those two systems and see that, well, in capitalism, because there is still choice, uh-huh. there's the potential, if something is immoral, to make a moral choice and then vice versa. Whereas in communism, if it goes off the rails, you're just stuck with the immoral. And... There's a, a way one of the things with like sort of like introduce like the libertarian view like well well it's a private company or to just acknowledge that yes the exchange of money and goods and services is not inherently moral or immoral is kind of a problem in and of itself because there has to be a culture in either of these systems no matter what it is that has a good moral path that is actually beneficial to the people that it's intended to serve. And that's never going to be perfect because it's always relying it on, to some degree, you know, groups of people to behave. But you can't have capitalism without God in the same way that you could never really have socialism or communism without God. Because I would acknowledge that, sure, the utopian view of, like, socialism or communism where where everybody's having a good time and they're equal and everybody just gives freely of their ability because they love their neighbor— yeah, that does kind of sound like a heaven on earth, but you know what? Humans aren't like that. No. And, and capitalism is just, well, we acknowledge that, yeah. right? I, I want to have the option to not do business with this guy. and uh, But, you know, if capitalism or places where, you know, that claim to be capitalists start abandoning those moral virtues, then, yeah, you end up right where we're at, where, you know, GE and Siemens and Cargill or whoever... You know, they're just in the bed with the government. They're going right. to do whatever they can to make another buck. Mm-hmm. You know, be damned, whatever the consequences are. Yeah. The socialism thing blows my mind still, that people still, like... You can see it in just a small group, like in my shops I run. You know, everybody pitches in and everybody... To, to, to meet the end goal... You know, if everybody just everybody just works, but when one person's lazy or one person calls in sick, guess what doesn't happen? That person's job doesn't get done, and we don't meet the end goal. Right. And just take that as the society. There's always going to be someone that fucks off, and then it pisses people off is what happens. And if you go ask them to go do that, or, hey, I need you to go do this today, to go above and beyond and do extra, they're like, what the fuck? You know, right. I came and I did my part. Like, why do I got to pick someone else's slack? And then you have, like, ten people do it, then you have a thousand people, then a million, and it's <clears throat> like... No, like, <coughs> it just doesn't work. And it might be a bad example to use my shop. Is that no, I, that's fine. Like, I, the one that I would think of would be sports, you know? So, you know, one football team versus another football team, but the one team has two stud all-stars, right? Like, so the Chiefs, yeah. Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes versus a bunch of people you can't name, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So who's more likely to win that game? So obviously there isn't parity 
even amongst you know teams with multiple people, there's always going to be some who outperform others. Right. And if there's no system to, <clears throat> you know, capitalize on those people that are exceptional, then it's just never going to do anything. There's no incentive to, to do more. No, not right? at all. I think, I don't know, those people, maybe they just see... I think there's a lot of ignorant... Well, there's a lot of evil people out there that want that for evil reasons, but there's a lot of people that are just kind of ignorant, and they just think that people are good. Yeah. I really think that's the case. I think there's a lot of really dumb people out there that just think, well, I mean... Well, for instance, right now with everything going on with the COVID thing, there's so many people out there that still think that, like, well, they're doing this because it's only for our safety and it's for the yeah. good well, of the well, country. Well, they, they conflate... Think, like, <clears throat> I always... They conflate taxes with charity, right? Oh, like, yeah. The fact that you pay taxes and some of your tax dollars go to something like Medicaid, which, you know, is health insurance for, for poor people or whatever, uh, doesn't make you a good person because you didn't actually make a choice or consider or do anything. Whereas charity is like, I'm walking down the street and I see some guy who's struggling. Hey, man let's go get you some food or a new shirt or whatever that's mm -hmm. charity right that's different that's a personal yeah. moral decision that you made that's good whereas taxes is just like this automatic thing yeah. and i think i don't know you know there's a was a tiktok going around yesterday or this morning of this this girl um who i assume probably from the way she talked didn't generally pay attention to stuff like this but she was like so if my friend got five hundred dollars and they paid taxes on that $500, and then they give it to me, I have to pay taxes on the $500, and then if I buy something from the store, I pay taxes again, and then the person who took the money from me at the store also has to pay taxes on that money. And then she kind of is like, loses track of where she was going and ends yeah. it, but it's like, they're starting to figure it out, right? Yeah. Like, this isn't good because because where and what is this money doing every single step of the way that the money comes out they take a chunk they take a chunk they mm -hmm. take a chunk they take a chunk and yeah there's there's no way that that's <clears throat> i mean even if you wanted to say that well taxes is good because we we have these you know social safety net programs or roads or whatever you want to call it okay well what does this country spend the most money on above and beyond everything else is that a good thing Right. I mean, how many millions of, you know, Arabs and Muslims and Asians have we years. killed in the last hundred years? Yeah. Right? That's been the primary expenditure of tax dollars, right? Not the idea of, well, Medicare is good. It's like, dude, <laughs> you don't even know where this money's bad, going. Well, the bad thing is they've overspent, so they've taken money out of, like, Social Security and stuff like that. You know? Right, right. Even the things you might think are good. <laughs> right. Right? But they're rating to go do the bad thing. I was actually. It's like it's that. like giving money to a gambler or or buying a beer for an alcoholic is 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 what is really effectively going on with that. Yeah, I was thinking today how much money since I started working when I was like fourteen have I put in a social security, and then I was like, something I should have kept track of just for you know just curious. Well, and and think about it now, like the you know with inflation in the last year the way that it was, and then what income taxes already are. Oh. Um, for guys like us, essentially, you're spending, you know, now a solid five months out of the year, and all that money that you might earn in five months, all of it is going to the government. Yes. You're, you're approaching a point where you're only keeping half of your income, right? And consider that what that really means, right? You might say, oh, well, you know, you're, you're, you're doing all right, <clears throat> yada, 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 but it's like, no, 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 no. Half of my income 
okay, fine, but a third of that half is just my house, my car that allows me to get to work, Mm -hmm. right? Stuff that I have to do to take care of my kid, and then, like, food, right? Which now you're down to, like, yeah, there's maybe, like, a quarter of that money that I can actually do for, like, things that really aren't even that much, I wouldn't consider it leisure. I mean, it's a nice thing, but, like, so I have a nice lawnmower. Yeah. got a weed eater and some fences. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, you just, like, well, how, at the end of all of that, how much money is actually left over for me to just be like, oh, cool. That's not yours. I can, I can go out to eat or I can get a a cooler car yeah. or whatever it is. Like, it's, no, it's shrinking day by day. And so, you know, I had a conversation with my uh, folks the other day and, um, you know, they're right at retirement age and I was just wondering about, you know, like, so my job, how much crap do I tolerate for the amount of money that I make? And then what would really be the downside of taking something where I would have to tolerate significantly less crap for a pay cut, but would I be more comfortable and happy doing it, you know? And mm-hmm. then it, what, you know, if, if, you, if you drew a line and then you said on one end is, you know, a lot of money, but you got to deal with a lot of crap. And then on the far side is you're not making hardly any money, but you don't have to deal with anybody's crap, right? Where's the line in the middle that says this is where the ultimate trade-off is? Yeah. If your goal is to really just like enjoy your life and not be a slave on one end or be a slave to poverty on the other end. You, you know? could just live off the tit of the government. Yeah, a lot could of people do, do. A lot of people do. The uh, inflation thing is nuts, the 7%, because I, I did the math. And that, actually, this was in December still. And I don't know if I talked this about it on the last podcast, but... At this point, it was 6.8%. Me and the wife were driving, going home, coming from the store or something. She brought it up and said, you know, I was reading like, you know, if you don't get a 6% raise this year, then you're actually making less money than you made last year. And first of all, yep. any place that actually gives a 6% raise is a big raise. Huge. Most places are like maybe 2 to 3 3% is good. Yeah. 2% and or maybe 1%. So and I was like, huh. So I get home and I was like, let me do the math. So then I, got, I Googled it real quick to find out at that point in time, it was actually 6.8%. So now it's 7, so these numbers are a little bit even more, you know, than that point in time. So I would have to work. So I'm, I'm lucky enough at my job to, I, I don't get paid overtime, but I get paid, well, I do get paid overtime, but it's not like time and a half, double time. I get paid my straight hourly rate. I'm a salary person, but they've broken us, you know, <clears throat> right? Uh, you know, hourly form. So I would, to, in order to keep up with, like, you know, what I make last year with this inflation, I have to work an extra 32 minutes and 24 seconds a day. Time I have to take out of my life just to stay where I'm at. My buying power, that, that to keep my buying power where it is. If not, I'm, you know, I don't make as much as I did last year, technically. Right. And it's just kind of crazy. A lot of people don't think like that, you know. And when you hear, like, the inflation is, you know, it's a really a, a tax on the poor. Yeah. Do what? Say that again? No, go ahead. Tax on the poor. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It is. I mean... It's a hidden tax. It is. And I, I have to go, you know... But you know what? The way we're going to fix it, we're going we're gonna to price fix. Like, that right. is the most ignorant... Like, okay, wait, hold right. on. <clears throat> you, you, you fix these prices, whatever, here. But you know, they're, now these people are going to get charged more, but they can't make more, so they're going to go out of business. Right. Guess what happens? That's what happens in these socialist countries. They price fix because they think that's the magic cure-all. Then places go out of business, then the government swoops in and nationalizes it. Right. It's like, yeah, we're just, we're just following right along. I mean... Yep. And then we were talking about it last night. The... Uh, 
Well, you are, you you already knew about it, I guess, but that uh, comptroller of uh, whatever commerce or whatever some shit, right? Biden's pick was a known Soviet, hundred percent, yeah, full blown, not and, not even like a hyperbolic. Oh, she's a damn Soviet. No, like no, legit, yeah, Russian Soviet yeah. college. Her entire outlook on economics openly is Marxism. Yeah, and it just not even lying. I mean, it's just it's out there in the open, mm-hmm. and and people can't see that. You know, I just <clears throat> it kills me. It does, and they they want to do away with the banks altogether. And basically, the way it sounds is there's going to be one bank. The Federal Reserve turns into a bank now, right? And you and this is when they introduce FedCoin. You know right. that would be right because you know it's easier oh, to track. Oh, that's the goal. Yeah, yeah. And they tried to sneak that in when Trump was still president into yeah. one of the bailout bills. They wanted to make FedCoin and then have everybody have a wallet at the Federal Reserve so that when they issued like you know tax returns or the stimulus checks it was issued in Fedcoin and that was going to be like the baby step into here's your digital wallet yeah right oh, yeah and then they got to outlaw any other cryptocurrency so now then- in in that world the government wouldn't even have to like physically print cash Mm. Right, and they just type some zeros in a computer. So yeah. if you think we have problems now with oh, spending, fuck. how much worse do you think it's going to be when they can just add a zero and do what I want? Uh-huh. Because whoever gets the, f- like, if I make a trillion more dollars, right, but it's secret, nobody knows about it, and I have all trillion dollars of them, the first use of that money is the current market value. But by the time that money trickles down to you and I, it's, it's, it's worthless. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, it's like when... You know, in, uh, during, you know, World War Two, and, you know, Venezuela and these other places that have, like, you see, like, million-dollar bills. Yeah. You know, whatever their, their yep. form of currency is. But, and, and that, buy, that bought, like, you know, like a half a loaf of bread. Yep. What? Because <laughs> I mean, the money, the money, the value is nothing. Right. You mentioned Trump. I didn't want to talk about Trump today. So did you watch any of that uh, rally? I saw, like... Some clips of it, like, uh-huh. as it was going, and then, you know, I seen a, you know, read about it, and just some of the comments people were making, and, you know, I, yeah. you can see the people that are just, oh, man, Trump is so great, and then, you know, people <laughs> that are probably more like me, where it's like, man, at this point, fuck this guy, you know, and then there's yeah. the people that always hated him, yeah and so it's like a spectrum of things, but the one thing that I would, that I think, and who knows, maybe I could be proven wrong, but I doubt it, is... In 2016, Trump for sure had his finger on the pulse of working class America. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody can debate that fact. I will take that one step further and say that I also think in 2016, Bernie Sanders had his poll, had his finger on the pulse of working class America. Or he had his poll on the working class America. Yes. <laughs> and I will take that another step further and say that if it was not for the Democrat Party's shenanigans in order to get Hillary Clinton to be the candidate. Because remember, they gamed that system pretty hard. Yeah. I think if Bernie Sanders ran against Donald Trump, I think there is a yeah. greater than 50% chance that Bernie Sanders would have been president and not Donald Trump. Because it wasn't about solutions and it wasn't about answers. It was about identifying problems in mm-hmm. <clears throat> coming off like you're the guy who's against whatever your view of the establishment is. And Bernie Sanders, in my opinion, was just as good at picking apart those issues as Trump was. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference is, you know, in theory, they lead you to two different conclusions, but I don't think that matters because the average voter doesn't give a shit. They just want to hear somebody talking about the issue. They don't really know what the solution is. That's why they pick politicians. Sure. So anyway, having said that, fast forward to 2020, 
I don't think Trump has his finger on the pulse anymore because Absolutely the last few not. times you've seen him on the news, he's been like, these are great vaccines. Everybody should get the vaccine and things like that. Well, if you're going to argue that Trump still has this huge base, I mean, it's kind of obvious to look at the world now that no matter what you think about the vaccine personally, that MAGA base that voted for Trump, they're having none of it. Not I mean, they're openly hostile to it, right? Yeah. So that's step one. And then... Just some of the things that he's kind of cowed down to, like somebody interviewed him and asked if, why didn't you pardon Julian Assange or why didn't you pardon Edward Snowden, right? Because remember, those were things that were kind of in the Bernie Sanders crowd, right? Because mm-hmm. um, Snowden and Assange, they're not conservatives, right? So, uh, and then his is like, well, you know, I wanted to do one of them more than the other, but I won't tell you who. And I think both of them were around some really bad guys and people were telling me not to do it, so I just didn't do it. And it's like, okay, so you're a fucking bitch. You didn't really care about what the people wanted. It was the people around you, what they said. And then even when he talks about, like, he got up there and was like, and how many people did the FBI have at January 6th stoking these riots or whatever, you know, you want to call it. And it's like, uh, okay, I, I get that. It's fine thing to say. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker, you were president. Yes. You were, you were in charge of the FBI, right? And what did you do? nothing yeah right and at every turn whether it's you know uh most of the money most of the problem of the inflation that we're dealing with today is a donald trump problem not a joe biden problem right and trust me i got no love for joe biden but in a lot of ways his administration is the ones just kind of stuck dealing with that now he spent money in his own right you know i'm not trying to make excuses for joe biden but i mean it's a fact the majority of the inflation we're dealing with today is a result of the Trump administration. Right. And then even if you want to bitch about like Fauci, right? Well, who, who kept Fauci in his position, even though a whole bunch of people, even early on were like, fuck, this guy's got to go. Yeah. Trump. And, and what's Trump's reason for not getting rid of Fauci? Oh man, the left would have been so mad. The news would have just gone crazy if I fired Fauci. So I didn't do it. Like what? Like, okay, bitch. Because everybody you know, was happy with you at what, the time. What, like, hap- what happened to the yeah. tough guy Trump thing, right? right? right. That you're fired. Yeah. I, gone. Doesn't exist. He's uh he served his purpose and, and it's it. Like I, he, he shouldn't run again. His, uh, he, he got a, he got a lot of people fired past. up, and, yeah. and that's good that people are fired well, up, and you should stay fired up. But that guy isn't the solution. No, I was listening to uh, Dave Smith earlier, um, and him and uh, Robbie, uh, they, they talked about this pretty good. But like the "Make America Great," "Make America Great Again," the, the little theme, that little mm-hmm. saying right there, like it's it, it was awesome. Because hey, at one time in history, we were awesome greatest country on the world we're not anymore let's make that again and a lot of people like yes we want that right and then he turned in you know the keep america great which is like ah well we really didn't do a whole lot for you but it's great you know i mean i made nancy pelosi really really mad and i said some funny shit on twitter and that's another thing for me he is still talking about her yeah in in it, it was like uh at the beginning of the rally and i was like give it up like yeah, I don't. I hate Nancy Pelosi. She's a big cunt. But give it up, dude. You are stuck in 2016 still. Well, and I, you know, and again, not to, again, no love lost for Joe Biden. But one of Joe Biden's speeches the other day, which was a terrible speech, incredibly un-American, you know, where he talked about, <clears throat> I don't know, being shitty to people that aren't on board with him, right? Comparing people to yeah. the racists of the 50s, and he also made a claim that he got arrested during the civil rights movement, which the media seems to have completely ignored, even though that's one of the biggest lies. A president has made in a PR setting in a long... Anyway. Right, um, right. 
he, you know, he was, he never said Trump, but he was referring to, you know, the bruised ego of this guy. And that's basically kind of what Trump is now. It's just like, man, I'm so great. There's no way I was ripped off. And even if you think the 2020 election had lots of problems, which I do, right, you can still set aside some of that stuff and say, okay, but, but clearly there's other things here. Like Mm -hmm. you want to talk about the election? Fine. Let's hear it. But let's also talk about the lockdowns and the vaccines that aren't as good as they were originally sold and Fauci and we still this is all stuff that started with Trump. We still droned a lot of people. Yeah. Julian Assange is still locked up in a cage. Yeah. Edward Snowden is still exiled in right. Russia. And you know, all these things that you claimed you were going to do, you didn't do even, even the fucking wall you said you were going to build, right? You can blame Congress all you want, but like what happened to that? Like, like yeah. why, why, you know, it just, it all fell apart. And so, yeah, I, I just, plus when he runs again, he's going to be as old as Joe Biden is now. Right. Right. So if like your whole thing, oh, Joe Biden's too old. Okay. Well, where's your consistency when a guy that's the exact same age. So many motherfuckers are fatter, though. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, and to, remember, he doesn't exercise because your heart only has so many beats in its lifetime. So, right. Remember, that's like a battery. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, he it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me why that would be the guy. And then the, yeah. the fear, I think, as a conservative person would be what ultimately might happen is that Trump does such a great job destroying the candidacy of people who in the moment we might like, like, you know, Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. or maybe Mike Pompeo, if Mike Pompeo doesn't turn out to be a huge douchebag or, or Rand Paul again or whatever. Um, and then Trump ends up being up there and then he's definitely got his dedicated Trump cult of personality base. But think about how motivated the left was to elect somebody who was not Donald Trump. Yeah. Huge. I mean, say whatever you want about the 2020 election, but I think one thing that you can look at now is Biden's poll numbers. How does somebody go from from winning election in the way that he did? 81 million. Sure. To having a 30-some percent approval rating. Mm -hmm. Terrible. And it hasn't even been a full year yet, right? So... Yeah, you could argue that, oh, well, it was all election fraud or whatever, and maybe I'm not going to throw that completely out of the water, but the other one I would look at, and this is an indictment on Trump, is Joe Biden was the not-Trump vote in the same way that Trump was the not-Hillary vote. Right. Right? Except now even to a greater degree because the left thinks that, like, literally their world is ending because Trump put up a couple Supreme Court justices and the flyover states are somehow going to clobber New York and California (laughs) economically, right? Well, actually, probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe in time. Right, because they're not... California doesn't produce anything anymore, and they everybody steals. And but but that would be my place. fear, is that, you know, there's going to be... You've already got kind of the never-Trump Republicans, yeah. right? And then you've got people like us they are like, man, fuck this guy, right? And then you're going to have the left that is like, oh, my God, the right is running actual Satan. Yeah. You know, and then they'll just vote for anybody. And, and then the turnout would be the same, and just you get murdered. Hey, it's... You know, people always say, like, the... Uh, Trump left us with Joe Biden. So if you're upset about anything that Joe Biden and this current administration is doing or the outlook of the future or anything a year into Joe Biden, mm-hmm. thank Trump, because he is the one who left us in a situation where there were so many people that were motivated to just not Trump and flip over every table in the room because they hated the guy so much. Mm-hmm. That's Trump. You know, they always say the the third party, you know, don't vote for the libertarians because you're just going to take away from whatever, you know? Sure. That I honestly think Trump would be that. I mean, that, oh, absolutely. It, it scares me because someone like DeSantis, Pompeo, 
like could do very, 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 very well. Sure. But he's going to go fuck it up. And and his thing on the vaccines, like, so Robbie on that podcast, he had another example and he goes, man, he goes, it's like, you know, I talked all of our friends into going buying lottery tickets and we didn't win. And everyone's like, hey, we didn't win. He's like, hey, but I got you guys uh, to buy the tickets. Right. That's not a win. <laughs> right. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Dude, the vaccines aren't a win. Let it go. Yeah. And, well, and those have turned into a, a cult worship idol thing oh, all on their own. Yeah. And because the thing now is <clears throat> I think any rational person would have to look at that and be like, okay, so early on we tried really hard to make these vaccines to, to give people some comfort over this disease. And so we thought we won early on right and this this was a good thing these things were holding up right that's what they're saying in the news 90 percent effective and you know man this is awesome we just nipped this thing in the bud not even a year into that's that that should be applauded right in in a lot of ways that's very scientifically and uh market speaking impressive that Mm -hmm. that was able to happen but now you know a year later we know that they don't do they're they're not really as good as we thought they were right and in fact at this point in time, they don't really do anything. And in fact, the CEO of Pfizer is on video saying, yeah, the two shots kind of, yeah, whatever. You get third, you know, you get a little bit, but you know, whatever. Yes. We're working on a new one, right? And and like, why is that so challenging and unacceptable to just be admitted that, hey, we, we swung and we missed? Like, like any reasonable society should be able to say, man, guys, we gave it everything we had, but this wasn't it. So now we got to retool and try again. And hey, and real quick, let's look at the data, and we'll notice that hey, these viruses mutating and becoming weaker, which is what viruses do Spanish if they want to survive. Yep. Yeah. And hey, guys, this really is the end. Hey, we tried; it didn't work out like we did, but at least you know. Right. What What are the lessons? That, what are the lessons that we learned yeah. that we can take forward? So rather than going back and questioning, you know, the science, and when I say the science, I'm referring to Fauci. Who from now on, when you say science, you're just you're yeah. referring to a person. Well, he he actually so, said when you question science, you question me or whatever. Right. Whatever the hell he I said. I am so. the science. <laughs> yeah. I represent the science. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can't question that. <clears throat> it it just it's so retarded. <laughs> it's a cult. It's a religion. I mean, right? You're you're not allowed to question like the policies, like yeah. like the lockdowns, right? So. Right. Um, I know a lot of people are going to jump on the bandwagon and say that, oh, well, there's, you know, 40,000 excess deaths from 18 to 36 or whatever it was that life insurance company made a big thing mm-hmm. about. Um, everybody, you know, the, the thing people want to say there is that it's, well, it's the vaccine giving all these people heart attacks. And I, you know, the answer is probably much, much simpler than that. And it's addiction, drugs, depression. How many I, people do I would argue yeah. that there's probably a lot more of that. And a lot of that's yeah. probably the result of the lockdown because you got to remember, it was some. It's an. It's an absurd number. It's, it's something like a third of small private businesses were just destroyed. Yes. Over this lockdown thing. So think about who who's doing that and who's doing a lot of that entry level stuff, right? And mm-hmm. in in what generation of people does still live in their parents' basement because of the way the world is and how many people, uh, their marriages were destroyed because their finances collapsed, or you know, things like that, or how many kids developed issues that they might have otherwise not had, had they have actually gone to school and got out of, you know, a a shitty house situation or or been around some friend that was a positive influence in their life and things like that. Um, Nobody thought about that stuff. And you're still not allowed to question it. It's just supposed to be everything they did was great. There are a lot of people that thought about that stuff, but they were told no. Right. Conspiracy theories. Shut up and get in line. You're questioning this. And so rather than be a rational society and say that, okay, so the lockdowns, the way we did them, were bad. 
the vaccines didn't work as good as we thought they would, right? And then in most people, this disease ended up not being as severe as we thought maybe it would. Well, now the numbers are coming out with 75%. So of the 800,000 some odd people, only mm-hmm. 209,000 died. So 600 some thousand had four or more comorbidities. Right. The, what Walensky, whatever the hell her name is, she said it right on you know TV for everyone right. to hear. And of that 209,000, how many... Uh, we're in the hospital with COVID or not from COVID. Well, and what's terrible is people were saying that from day one. Yes. Like we had the same conversation a year and a half ago. Yes. It was, this is a disease that affects primarily the old yep. that are already sick. 78.9 years old is right. the average age of death in America. And like the average COVID age is like 84 or something. Right. Older and, than like, <laughs> than and so you don't, sense. you don't even have to be anti-lockdown per se to, to stick to this. Like you could, you could easily say that, I think a fine use of federal government power would have been to order all businesses that are deemed essential, so like grocery stores, gas stations, or whatever, to have explicit senior citizen hours in which everybody has to have, you know, mask, glove, sanitizer, whatever, right? Or we're going to designate 10 of the doctor's offices in every single town to only treat old people because we're going to go to these extreme measures to protect the at-risk group. We We could have done that. Right, without drastically shutting down the world and maybe saved a lot more lives than we did, without ruining as many lives that would have been unaffected by this either. And I, I saw one thing on a one of the Reason magazine guys today that was I don't know, it was kind of frustrating. It was like a study <clears throat> out of Peru that showed that like, you know, eighty year olds that had had three doses of the vaccine actually had a lower mortality rate than, you know, like people in their 20s with COVID with no vaccine. And so the argument there was like, these vaccines aren't like not doing nothing, right? Like surely they're not like silver bullets, but they're also, they are on some level doing something Mm -hmm. on a percentage basis. But I also had to, (coughs) I had to wonder about the timing of the study because, you know, a lot of me at this point wonders, well, if you're 80 and you had these comorbidities and you made it this far, you were probably going to make it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it, it picked the low-hanging fruit at this point, yeah. and it's on its way out. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I don't know either. It's... He needs to let go the... Let the vaccine thing go. He... I don't know. He... He's so stuck in the past. Like, listening to that rally, and I listened to all either, but just a few things I, I did hear, and I was like, God, dude, like, you... Give it up. Give it yeah. up already. Like, you served your purpose. Your time has come and gone. Go endorse... DeSantis or whoever, you know. Well, like, even, even even within his own rally, he talks about, you know, the people that were arrested or whatever for the January 6th stuff. And it's like, dude, you were still president for like, yeah. you know, another half a month after that. And you didn't do shit for those people. Could have let them go. So if you're going to sit here and say, oh, they're in these terrible prison scenarios and stuff like that. Yeah, dude, you could have let them all go. Yeah. Well, do you ever think about him just actually being a... Uh, um, like controlled opposition or whatever. Like he, uh, I, you know, I, he is put in place to pr- to ensure that Democrats will win. <laughs> it's an interesting thing to think about because, you know, when you say controlled op- opposition, right, it's like the Manchurian candidate. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing where like he's on some level, doesn't have to be explicitly aware, but he is directly controlled as far as, you know, the things that are coming in or out. Some of it, I wonder too, is, is kind of, how much of it is control and how much of it is useful idiot, right? Like, like they found this guy go. that'll go out there and run his mouth and he says all these things that the people like, 
but functionally, he's incredibly incompetent. So we can put him in the White House, and he's going to get the base that we're most afraid of in line with him, but then he's never actually going to get to do anything he wants to do because we're going to surround him with, you know, all these deep state guys. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I wonder if on some level, whether it's intentional or whether it's an accident, I would kind of lean towards accident because I think people are a lot more likely to be incompetent than just purely insidious. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, he's, you know, Trump is, he's the, he's the ni- 1990s elite New York Democrat. Oh God, he is. That's, yeah. that's, that's all he is. Like well, his, he used his, to, literally used to be a Democrat. I mean, yeah. Even now listening to like his whining when he gives these speeches is just, he God. wanted to be the head guy at the cool kid table. Oh, so bad. And he got in a fight at the table and a bigger guy threw him out of the table. Mm-hmm. So now he's just pissed. He wants Whining. his spot back at the table. He's going to do everything he can because he wants to be accepted and one of the cool guys. And look at me. I'm in Washington, D.C. I'm Donald Trump. Look at my resume of things I've done because I'm rich. Like, that's that's him. Yeah. His ego is just terrible. Yeah. It's, a, it's, 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 a, it's a big crowd. I remember one point in the rally, he was like, turn the cameras around. Show It's, it, it's at least eight football fields long. Turn the cameras around so everyone can see how many people we've got here. Right. It's it's 100 yards. I'm like, wait, you just said eight football fields. Now you say 100 yards. Right. Anyway, uh, one thing I want to talk about before we end this podcast today, too, is uh, electric vehicles, because we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. And uh, so what got um, got me thinking about, like, this, that, that new, I think that new Chevy is ugly as fuck. I don't, honestly, I'm so against the, I'm not against electric vehicles, but I'm against the force you know, forcing of making these manufacturers go to electric vehicles. But that that new uh, Chevy Silverado that's coming out is like a fucking... I, I said Avalanche, but then the wife was like, it looks like a Honda Ridgeline. Right, it's the Honda. And actually... It, it the does. old Honda Ridgeline. Yes, yeah. the old one that looked like an Avalanche, kind of. You know, that's that's like Chevy's stylistic thing, though, because... They, so they've done it to the Camaro. They've done it to the the uh, the Blazer. Um, the... Chevy's Chevy has never been an original car company. They have never made a car, with the exception of the Corvette, and arguably not even the Corvette, that was like an original flamboyant design. Like as far as General Motors was concerned, the division that historically did that was Pontiac. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna slap these crazy silver stripes or these hood scoops or or whatever, right? Chevy was always like the milk toast, right? So even the difference between like the old Camaro and the old Firebird, like the Camaro is like it's just kind of flat nothing going on the firebird's like yeah i'm gonna do some hood scoops and like maybe this looks like a surfboard and like here's some vents on the side and like this big crazy sticker and a spoiler yeah um chevy copies people so it's like the mustang goes retro camaro goes retro a couple years later yeah right and then you know this happens and then and then so chevy does it right ford puts out a new f-150 and so chevy waits and they come out with another Silverado. Yeah. Like, they're always kind of like that. And so, I would argue that across their entire car catalog, if you look at kind of the styling influences that they have, the people that Chevy are looking at now is, is I think, a lot of Hyundai and then, uh, to a lesser degree, Toyota. And they have drifted all their styling, even within the Camaro, kind of towards that, just in the way certain lines and the fenders and things like that look. And I think you see that a lot in the Blazer, and then yeah. I think you see that a lot in that new Silverado. That they're they're moving towards that for whatever reason. You know, they've got some market people that say that this is what people want, and it's not what people want. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it, it ends up being something that's you know kind of unoriginal. I, you know, like the Silverado that I have, the newer ones. 
um, <clears throat> gas ones is like the first different looking Silverado they ever made, right? Like otherwise yeah. it was always like this slow kind of progression yeah. of things. And yeah, th- that new Silverado, I don't know. I don't, I, it's funny because it's going to be so expensive. There, there is a there's a thirty nine thousand like forty thousand mm-hmm. dollar uh, version, but it's a work truck. A literally like you remember the old Chevy W slash T work trucks. It's like that. Even the wheels it has steel wheels. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> it's it's actually kind of rare to find a car nowadays with steel wheels from the factory. Yeah. I mean, you can do it. You can buy, but you have to usually like, build that special to get it sent to you. Right. Like. So it's it's kind of strange. I mean, it's going to be that that'll be the the plebe truck, and then you know the eighty thousand dollar plus. The one thing they're doing that I like, I guess, is that even the work truck has the big battery. So unlike the Ford, where I think the cheapest one you could get mm-hmm. is only like a two hundred mile range, all the Chevys yeah. will have at least four hundred miles. Which I think for an electric car, yeah, if you're the person who just you go home and then you drive five miles to work and then you go home. You don't really care about that, but for like a truck, it's like okay, I might be pulling a trailer, I might have. We think full about stuff. that. Yeah, it's my family wagon around town. I pile everybody in it, and then we spend the next three hours driving around, running everybody's errands. Four hundred miles goes pretty quick, right? Right. And then it's not as if these things charge particularly fast, right? Like oh. if it's just charged into a one out one ten outlet in your house, I mean, oh it is going to take the entirety of overnight to get anywhere close to a full charge, right? Yeah. Even as the stage two chargers, which you know, when the government says we're going to build electric charging stations all over the interstates, they're talking about these stage two chargers or, or level two, whatever they call it. And even those are not fast. It's like 25 miles, you know, every like hour or something like that. Maybe, well, maybe it's a little quicker than that, but it's not much. It's not as if you're going to, you know, everybody loves to think about like the superchargers, the Tesla things, where it's like you go from zero to 80% in like 20 minutes. Those are not the ones that the government is going to build for you. It's going to be these, no. these short ones, which... yeah is just not it's not good and then i think you know long haul you're you're looking at like okay well how long until these batteries kind of wear out and they're depleted and i don't have 400 miles of range anymore and then what is the cost of that versus yeah when it costs so there's you're gonna do away with like a used car market because if these batteries are 15 grand 12 grand to buy a new battery right i mean what's the point of even getting a used one right it'd be like oh i can go buy the silverado guts for you know, yeah. 10 grand used, but I got to spend another 15 right. on the battery. So at that point, it's like, well, now I'm back up to $30,000. Yeah. Well, then, you know, being a new technology for all these companies, everyone's going to be proprietary. Yes. So like like Tesla, you you know, there yeah, there's a guy on the internet that rebuilds Teslas, but it's very difficult. Um, to, they're going to want to do all that work. So mm-hmm. you can't, you're going to have basically junkyards of cars just chilling. What do right. you do with them? Like you, like a, now, a junkyard nowadays, it serves a purpose. Right. You can actually go buy parts and you can go rebuild your car. These junkyards are not going to have any purpose. It's just going to be junk, just chilling. Right. Well, and then the idea that like, I mean, we have to like basically scorch the earth for lithium. Right. You know, like, I, you yeah. know, there was this uh, 60 minutes a while back um, and they were bragging about it. They're like, oh yeah, the electric car, you know, we got, look at this. We have this new detection rig on this helicopter, like this giant ring. And we can just fly over these huge swaths in, like, British Columbia. And these sensors will help pick up, you know, where we can find, you know, cobalt, nickel, and lithium and things we need to make batteries. And uh, it sounds cool because it's like, oh, cool, that's really techy. And look, they can find it. They do have enough material to make these batteries. But it's like, wait, we're going to go strip mine one of the last wilderness places on Earth 
to the core yeah. just to pump a bunch of these electric cars. And then on the other hand, they're bragging about, well, most of the cobalt comes from these poor people in Africa that have to live in these terrible conditions. And it's like, you're going to take the one job that guy has to feed his family and, go, and yeah. automate it to go destroy a pristine forest in British Columbia. <laughs> yeah. So not only are you starving the African green. guy out, you're destroying green. more forest. Green, green, you know, green, you know green energy. I mean? It's just, it was mind boggling. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like, God, there's so many like side ramifications of this. Yeah, but that guy who lives in California who's playing on his brand new iPhone, who mm-hmm. has his Tesla, he feels really good about the decisions he made. Right. You know, and that's what yep. really matters. Yep. That's pretty much where it is. But I was yeah. reading reading about dodges because i mean obviously they're coming out with one too but it's going to be like 2024 it'll be interesting they say theirs is gonna now this is they're just starting so but they're saying 500 mile range yeah and even the base models 500 mile range and the base models come four-wheel drive yeah every every one of them are all-wheel drive because that is something too right a truck i'm kind of traditional when it comes to a truck i'm not buying a truck it's not four-wheel drive you know i agree the truck serves a purpose and it needs four-wheel drive and uh, that's just me. So I think like, you know, but like a lot of these, like in order to get four wheel drive or all wheel drive, you got to spend buku money to mm-hmm. get an four wheel drive truck. Now it's right. not that much extra. I mean, hell, a lot of trucks don't even, I mean, yeah, you can get plenty of two wheel drive trucks, but you on the car lot, there's tons of four wheel drive trucks. The prices are just about the same. Not this one. It's like, th- you know, $39,000 because that Chevy base model, it's probably not four wheel drive. And if you want to get four wheel drive, it's like, oh, this one's $103,000. And it, the the thing you said earlier too, Biden standing in front of the one hundred twenty thousand dollar Hummer, right, was very I don't what would you say very Soviet because like you said Lenin like driving his well it's it's Stalin lim- pulling into Stalin, Red Square Stalin, yeah. in his limousine yeah in a world where almost nobody else even owns a basic shitty right. car to right. get to the grocery store yeah and and that was what that was to me and that's what I think in a lot of ways the electric car despite companies like Tesla's best effort that's that's what it is it's like. Look at this electric car revolution as they stand in front of a $120,000 Hummer yeah. that is not practical for anything other than showing off, right? As if it's like an achievement. I mean, he might as well go say, look, Ferraris exist. My country is the greatest engineers of all time. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> most not really improve anybody's life that. there, but, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I, I, you know, the, the problem is going to be so they're going to start taxing the shit out of gas cars because they want uh-huh. to incentivize the electric car. And then they're going to spend more government money subsidizing the electric cars. And then they're going to spend more money building these sort of half-rate, not-so-good charging stations, probably going to end up in places where they're not really that useful. And then the cost of gasoline is going to go up for everybody. And so since you can't afford the new $50,000, dollars $100,000 electric car, most people are still going to end up with gas cars. But what's going to happen is... Parts for the gas cars are going to start getting harder to come by, which is going to make them more expensive to maintain. Mm -hmm. The cost of gasoline is going to go up, so now it's more expensive to drive. And then the other thing that's going to happen is because the electric car doesn't use gas, what the government is absolutely going to do in the next five years, I bet, even if a Republican gets elected in the next, you know, 2024, they're going to start taxing you per the mile. So not only is there the tax on gasoline, you're going to get taxed based on how far you drive. So the person who owns the gas car is now paying double the taxes, right? And you might say be thinking like, well, why then wouldn't you just go buy the electric car? Well, because the electric car still costs $60,000. So the guy who lives over here in the trailer park or over in, you know, kind of the starter home area, dude, he's not forking out for that big ass expensive car. He can't. Who can? Right. right? And then so when you see another one was the uh, minister of transportation or whatever in England, basically just straight up told them that the goal here is to people just don't own cars anymore. 
Absolutely. Which probably yeah. sounds great, you know, to some urban commie kid who lives in the middle of New York City. It's like, oh, yeah, we just got trains and buses everywhere. It's right. Like, okay, how about the other 90% of the country, right? Yeah. What about people who don't want to have their family grow up in the middle of, you know, New York City or Chicago because they see how many people get shot and robbed and just shit in the streets and things like that? Maybe mm-hmm. it's like, I want to go outside of town because I want to get away from that. I want to live around people who live like me. And then it's worth it to go drive an hour to work every day because it affords me you know, relative security and peace and whatever. And I can have a big house with a little bit of freedom. I don't have to live in like an apartment. Like for people that the apartment life downtown appeals to, fine, good for you, bud. But that's not most people. Right. That's probably not good for society as a whole, right? So, no. fuck off. Yeah. But yeah, so the the end thing there, and it was a Tom Woods podcast, the guy was, all this electric car stuff was saying that if you have the means, you know, he might be considering going and buying the, you know, the big V8s while you still can. Because if you have the means to it and you can kind of sit on them, those are going to be the collector cars everybody so wants. So my wife, you know, she has that Scat Pack Challenger. <clears throat> we bought my wife uh, a new 2020 Scat Pack Challenger last year. And I told her the other day, I said, hey, you know, like, we just need to put this in the garage. and Take and, care of it. And yep. Just take care of it in the garage. Have it, drive it, you know, on Sundays. Yep. Because it's a really nice car. But I'm thinking, like, this that car is going to, which is, shouldn't, but that car is going to end up becoming an investment. Oh, it is. Like, like so I think... You know, my family was always Pontiac growing up. The early 2000s Firebirds, which were like, you know, the last of the Firebirds mm-hmm. ever. Dude, a nice one of those, it cost 20 grand more than it was when it was brand new. Isn't that a the with, WS6? With, yeah, with 50,000 yeah. miles and shit on it now. Yeah. Just just because collector thing, right? Yeah. <clears throat> it's not like it's a particularly rare car. They made a bunch of them. And, you know, as you go back in time, the shit now, like hell, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, my recent thing has been... I've always liked the way those, the fastback Pontiac Fieros looked. Mm-hmm. Now, in the late 80s, it was a turd of a car. They had, like, no horsepower whatsoever. They were kind of notorious for not being built all that well and things like that. And they only built them for, like, four or five years and then, you know, got rid of them anyway. Like, it's not a particularly, like, desirable car for some mechanical reason. I just like the way it looks. Yeah. So you'd think, like, you know, like it was 10 years ago when we were in high school. It was like, oh, hell, I can go find a used, beat up one of those dirt cheap. But now it's like even those things are like getting 10, 15, 20 grand <laughs> yeah. if you want a nice one. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, so, yeah, your challenger is going to end up being a, a uh, six figure job. Easy. Oh, yeah. I just got to keep her to. I, I'm like, I'll keep my truck another six years. Yeah. Fuck it. <coughs> well, all right, man. I think that about covers it for today. Yep. Cool. All right, folks. Bye bye. <laughs>